Calm Down Podcast. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And we're here recording in a room on a typical Tuesday afternoon. In the same room. The same room. I'm so excited. This is ridiculous. This is amazing. You're a real person. I know. It's like we didn't know each other. What? I'm not a holograph. <laughs> Joe was holograph. able to touch. <laughs> holograph. Well, hologram. Oh. What's holograph? Holograph, holograph is like when it's like a holographic like Yu-Gi-Oh card uh, or something. Okay. Okay. Yu-Gi-Oh card. <laughs> I also have Yu-Gi-Oh cards. It's fine. Yeah, okay. Anyways, we're real. We're in the same yeah. room. This is the first episode we were able to record in the same space, not a Zoom call. And I'm terrified of it. I'm excited. We've recorded a podcast before in the same room, but that is not this podcast. I don't know why you had to mention that, but cool. Yeah, anyways. <laughs> so, this podcast, we talk about everything Taylor-related. Taylor news, song breakdowns, um, any insane fan theories, which is actually what we're going to be touching on today. Oh, that's terrifying. De- Devin, see, see, Devin has a monopoly on fan theories, uh, and I don't know much about them. Yeah, uh, I do. So I'm gonna be relatively quiet for this entire episode. Uh, also, relatively stunned. Yes. So this is an episode I've been wanting to do for a while. It's the biggest conspiracy that I can think of. Um, it is the fact that Taylor Swift has been in relationships with women. Some would call her Gaylor Swift. Um, now a big. Would they? A big disclaimer that I want to put out there at the very beginning of this episode. Everything listed here is personal opinion and speculation. It's all alleged information. Uh, I don't want to, you know, label her as anything. I'm not trying to say she's, you know, bi or lesbian or asexual or questioning. She has come out herself saying she's straight. She has said that, you know, stop shipping me with my friends. Like, stuff like this. So we want to take that into consideration. We're- so instead, we're going to ship her with her friends. We are. So this But is- out of respect and not... Exactly. If, if everyone can speculate that her millions of songs are about all these guys, why can't I speculate that they're with women? We can speculate anything, but we, want, we just want to make sure that we're doing this with the utmost respect. Exactly. For Taylor, because... We love her, and we hope that one day we'll meet her because of this podcast. That is the ulterior motive of creating this. (laughs) Taylor, we love you. I also love conspiracies. So we're going to do a deep dive today into why there's some kind of gayness to her life that we don't know about. The best thing about conspiracy theories is usually they are absolutely insane. Usually they point to a lot of random things, um, and they are just generally exciting and fun to speculate about, even though they might have no truth to them. Like, this one has no truth to it there, whatsoever. That's, that's, I don't, I don't know. We're gonna find out. So, okay, let's just jump right onto it. You know, here is the first exhibit. So, exhibit A, we have Emily Poe. For those of you who don't know Emily Okay, I was gonna say, who is this person? I don't even know who this so is. So, back in the self-titled days, Emily Poe, as you can see here, uh, she was Taylor's fiddle player. And I believe they were in a band beforehand, I'm not quite sure. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't she have a redheaded fiddle player too? Maybe later on, but Emily Poe was her first okay. fiddle player. Okay. Because I know in the Speak Now World Tour live, uh, she had a, a redheaded fiddle player. Um, that was Speak Now. That was Speak Now. We're going to realize why Emily I Poe say that, just that's, disappeared. Unfortunately, I may have just made your point. Yes. Anyways, so look at all these cute pictures. Oh, they're so cute together. Taylor Swift is a thing for blondes. I'm just going to say that now. Why? Wait, 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 wait. Why? How many blonde guys has she dated? Blonde guys? I mean, there's Joe. Is Joe blonde? I've never seen a picture so. of this Maybe man. I'm not going to lie. There's a picture of him later. But all the women that she has been speculated to date are blondes. Okay. So exhibit A, Emily Poe. 
So after the release of Self-Titled, um, she spent most of her time on the road with her fiddle player, Emily Poe. And Taylor, this is the big MySpace era when MySpace was still a thing. Mm -hmm. And Taylor would mention Emily in like all of these MySpace posts. And she literally made a happy birthday post to the song Stolen by Dashboard Confessional with the lyrics, You Have Stolen My Heart. And the entire clip, imagine making a clip of all of these moments you've had together and then all these people holding up, I love you, Emily signs, and then ending it with her holding the sign and going, like, mouthing I love you. Would you make that for your closest friend? Or do you think that that's a straight thing to do is make... To have everyone make this giant I'm, birthday video. I'm going to point out one thing. Okay. Um, that I don't think is correct about society. Mm -hmm. um, but I do think there is a weird stigma uh, going around in, in our society today. And especially back then. Even okay. more so back then. Okay. Where uh, girls, it's more acceptable for them to show affection to each other. Like, when I was in high school, I remember there were girls that would, like, sit on each other's laps. Mm -hmm. Uh, they would like hold hands as they walked down the sh down the hallway, mm -hmm. and like they might have been bisexual, but mm -hmm. um, obviously back then the climate was very different. Yes, but um, they might have been, they might not have been. Mm -hmm. If a guy did oh, well, that, one hundred percent. There, there's a whole different connotation. So I think. But imagine the intention of putting "Stolen" by Dashboard Confessional in the background. I know three Dashboard Confessional songs. I don't know any. So really. Maybe, hands hands maybe down. Like Listen one. to hands down. Listen to hands down. It's great. Anyways, but imagine her going, hmm, oh, I love this girl. Like, if she's going to be like, oh, I love you as a friend, maybe like, you know, <sighs> some different song. But the fact the lyrics are, you have stolen my heart. And at the end, those lyrics are repeating and she's like holding I, it. See, see, I don't know. Like, I, I can think of like female friends mm -hmm. that I have had songs with. Not like they're our songs, but like song like... With that much romantic connotation in the background? Yeah, well, every song has a lot of romantic connotation. Name a song that is just, uh, that isn't by Queen, that is just about being best friends. There are not many. Like, yeah. most songs, I'm sorry, I'm going to take the devil's advocate on the side and argue against whatever Devin's pointing. Okay. Um, just because that makes for a, a more interesting podcast. Yes. Um, but, like, what songs, name a song that's about just being best friends that isn't You Are My Best Friend by Queen. He's my best friend, best friend for best friend. Do you have a best friend too? That sounds like a Sesame Street song. It's some song. <laughs> Hello. But but yeah. just like think about high school songs that you listen to. Like every high school song was about like this deep seated love for someone. Okay. Like especially a Dashboard Confessional, especially a Mayday Parade, a Fallout Boy. Mm -hmm. Like all of those style songs that we listened to growing up. There were like overt, ridiculous romantic themes, regardless. Like there weren't like like Fall Out Boy wasn't out there going, "You're my best friend, and I really want to sing a song about you." Okay. I, th I guess the closest is like they had a uh, Grenade Jumper. Sorry, I'm going into Fall Out Boy here, mm -hmm. but um, there was a song that they did. It was uh, "Hey Chris." I uh, know uh, it's uh, what was it? You were my only friend, mm -hmm. and I know I didn't say it before, but I love you back. Like there okay. was that, but like that, I I don't know. This is a different okay. context. So we're only on slide one, so you got to stop talking. Okay, you're right. <laughs> Anyways, Sorry. so 
that's just the beginning of it. Um, the other abundance of MySpace posts. Anyways, so what happens next? Oh, Emily is randomly kicked off of the tour. This I can't argue against. So they performed for one last time in 2008, right before Fearless was released. And then she was fired or just booted off the tour. How does that work? So rumors are that Taylor's management was afraid of what, what is ever going on between them would ruin her reputation, trademarked by Taylor Swift. Um, so in VHS's pop-up commentary of like our song when the music video is playing, you see all these little things like, they fired her, no reason was given to Emily, and a new fiddle player was hired immediately. Taylor never talked to her again. That's the redheaded fiddle Exactly. Player. But you have to wonder, like, hmm, why is this in 2008 when, you know, gay culture wasn't really that accepted oh, and popu like, popular at the time, just like known, why this girl was just booted out in this Republican country theme? Yeah, 2008 was the end of Bush uh, starting Obama. So I'm going to talk about songs that were influenced by each of these women or are allegedly. allegedly inspired by each of these women. Um, Emily had more, but this was the one that I think stood out the most. So I pointed out Breathe, uh, the lyrics in question, I see your face in my mind as I drive away because none of us thought it was going to end that way. So talking about the song, Swift says, it's a song about having to say goodbye to somebody, but it never blames anyone. Sometimes that's the most difficult part when it's nobody's fault. Sounds like she still has feelings. No? But about what? It could be about anyone. I can't breathe without you, but I have to. It could be about Drew. I, Who knows? I think that... I don't. I think this is a gender neutral song. That's a, yeah. I agree. A that's big true. theme of a lot of these songs is that they're gender neutral. I, I will say that's that's a good point. I never thought about that because you do. She starts getting heavy into uh, assigning gender in uh, Fearless. Mm -hmm. um, I not that I've done any research on this because you yeah. wanted to spring this on me mm -hmm. as much as humanly possible. Yes. I have not seen any of these. But slides. notice that how she. They fire a fiddle player that Taylor loved deeply, and then Fearless all of a sudden has all these he's and, you know, male and pronouns. I'm trying to think of, like, what a fiddle player could do to get fired. Like, like what in that job can happen? Yeah, and I mean, she's doing really well for herself now. I think she's, like, a lawyer or something. So she, like, <laughs> she's doing good. What a resume! Exactly. So we come, we come into the good concept of beards. So beard number one is Joe Jonas. Wait, wait, wait. Define beard. Okay, so for those of who don't know what a beard is, a beard is if someone is in a closet or relationship, a beard is basically a cover-up. So this is like a publicity stunt. It's like what I do to cover up my weird chin. Exactly. It's like <laughs> a beard is basically just covering up what... It's like just a, a PR thing. Usually it's defined as like a male-on-male uh, relationship because obviously beards. Yeah. Um, I, I've never heard it in this context. But That's so why a beard... Exactly. A beard is distracting from whatever was going on at the time. And I'm going to say this before I get into anything else in this uh, in this episode. Taylor Swift is one of the most intentional people. Yeah. Would you say so? 100%. 100%. 100%. Tree Payne, her publicist. Fantastic publicist. I thought you said T-Pain and no. I got so Tree excited. Tree Payne. Tree Payne. P-A-I-N-E. Why? Anyway. She's a phenomenal PR person. She doesn't come in later, but publicity she's fantastic at but anyways so joe jonas comes in a great distraction from whatever happened with emily poe would you say you know taylor dated joe at the peak of the jonas brothers fame at the time 
Um, great publicity before releasing Fearless. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the pictures of them are at they, events. Wait, wait, wait. Did they break up before Fearless? I think wasn't so. White, yeah, I was going to say, because White Horse is about Joe. Yeah. Well, it's about the, the breakup thing, you know, mm-hmm. the 27-second phone call. And I feel like, yeah, and Forever and Always was, too. Yes, you, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Joe needed publicity. Taylor needed a boyfriend to cover up whatever was happening. And if you think that any of these relationships back in 2008 were actually real, like Selena and like Nick and all this stuff, it was all publicity. It's all to just be like, hey, we're going to couple these two young kids together. They're only seen at events. Like That's it's like, insane. It's basically like middle school boyfriends where it's like, oh, we're like dating. Like we go out to like things together, but like you're not actually dating. This relationship brought to you by the Disney Channel. Exactly. Anyways, so we come into Exhibit B, which is where things start to, start to get juicy. Emily Poe is just like a little teaser into the world. Now we get into Diana Agron, a.k.a. Swift Gron is what the fandom calls them. So they meet... That sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> they meet... This is a little further back. Or no, because no, we're in 2008. So now a little fa- flash forward. They, they meet September 5th, 2011 at a flea market with mutual friends. So there's some tweets from Diana that are like a little very nice, very friendly. Taylor looks all kinds of 70s beautiful and I love a hat. Great job, Vogue magazine and Taylor Swift. And then she posts this list on Twitter and she goes, oh, inspired by lovely is not afraid to make lists or be happy. And she lists all these people that make her happy, Taylor Swift included. All right. But what are the other people? Um, Ashley Avangon is one of their, or Avin, I don't know how to say her last name. Uh, she's one of their mutual friends. Just, just friends, just friendly people. Good old painty hands. <laughs> Good old at painty hands, whoever that is. <laughs> um, and then they go to the movies together, which you wouldn't know unless a fan snapped a picture. But she tweeted, oh, you know, who went to see Hunger Games? Have to say, I jumped gas and peeked my fingers through the entire time. I'm a baby. It's great. But you wouldn't know that she, like, basically went on a little friend date or is, date with Taylor Swift. Is Hunger Games a scary... Who is it's, the, it's really not. Who is the look to <laughs> Diana's a little... She's reaching there. Anyways, then she meets her mom. March 30th, 2012. So a couple months after. That's and a big you, step. And you wouldn't know that... Diana was there except for this article so paparazzi is only taking pictures of Taylor meeting a fan outside of this restaurant on March 30th but you wouldn't know that you know the 22 year old musician ate alongside mom and uh, Andrea and good friend Diana Agron not pictured why are they not pictured hmm I like that I like that diving into a bracketed comment here's the thing I'm gonna this comes later um but when we talk about Carly Kloss because we're gonna go all into Carly Kloss. There's a Tumblr page called Kaler Evidence. Is this and this is where I got most of my information from. I want to make sure I give credit. They all have like these interesting names together. Yes. Okay. Cool. So there is just so much information that I could not even put into this PowerPoint because just the fact that they're together so much is crazy. And I tried to pick out the most important information that like you would believe because I didn't want to make this like a three-hour-long episode. I wanted to condense it. So we're gonna keep going. Now Diana goes on Jimmy Kimmel and he asks, oh, you know, there's this love triangle between you, Taylor Swift, and Tim Tebow. And he's like, oh, like, are you dating Tim Tebow? And she's like, no, we talked for like 10 minutes. And, you know, Jimmy Kimmel makes fun. And he's like, oh, 10 minutes. Like, you guys must be dating then. Ha ha ha. And then he asks, well, how does Taylor Swift work into this love triangle? Like, are you dating her? And she goes, no, but like, wouldn't that be juicy? And then she looks into the camera and she goes, Hi, Taylor, and then blows her a kiss. That sounds like a comedy S method. It's a it's a comedy S method, but like the fact that she did it like hi Taylor. 
knowing full well if they actually were in a relationship, this is juicy. I think if if Taylor had done that, it would have been a very different story. But I think because Taylor obviously does everything with intention. Exactly. I don't know if that extends to her so-called significant others. Anyway, we come to the next slide. So she <laughs> tweets initially. Yeah, that's my hashtag. She initially tweeted hashtag date me along with this message saying playing dress up, baking cookies, posting uh, posting pictures on Twitter, dancing in the ki- kitchen, kissing this cat, and that's her cat. And then she said, hashtag date me, but then deleted the tweet and then changed it to at date me. And what does that mean? Who's date me? At date me. I think they just didn't want it to be like, oh, it's like an at date me instead of like hashtag date me. Okay. Because the hashtag is more intentional. The at could be someone's Twitter account. Then we have the Glee incident. So Taylor Swift tweets, so I might have an inside source at Glee who is telling me, watch tonight, we're going to do your song. I hope this source is right. So basically, the episode in question, Diana Agron's character, Quinn, ends up hooking up with this other girl, uh, Naya Rivera's character, Santana. And Taylor's song was never in the episode at all. So why was Taylor Swift told to watch this episode of her alleged girlfriend hooking up with another girl? Basically... If her source was Diana, she basically tricked her into watching her hook up with a girl. And that was probably a sore spot for her because Diana and Naya actually used to hook up in real life. So I'm going to say this. Mm -hmm. That's weird. Is There's no way a show like Glee wouldn't have reached out to... They need to get the rights to her song. So like, there's no way Taylor could be surprised with one of her songs on Glee. So, I mean, I, I will say it's a very weird situation, but I don't understand... like. So then here's the thing. If she really wasn't surprised or whatever, why did she delete her tweet immediately after the episode launched and then tweet out, oh, you know, these people were my Valentines. Can't wait to see you on tour and like a picture of her tour crew. I mean, that's that's a weird, I I don't have an answer for you. It's a weird coincidence. I I don't know if that immediately points to Daler. I mean, but but the fact of the episode of, you know, Diana's character hooking up with another girl. Was she, so was she just trying to garner jealousy? Probably. From I mean, a fictitious show? Who knows? I don't know their intention. I mean, I'm just stating what I have in front of me. Okay. So the next part is the downfall. So now Stars Daily puts out this article saying Taylor Swift's in a new relationship, but it's not what you expected. Basically alleging that her and Diana are in this relationship together. And it's a completely fake article based on like, you know, just fan theories. Um, but it was written April 16th, 2013. And then April 23rd, this one Twitter user with 46,000 followers tweeted, so apparently Taylor Swift and Diana Agron is dating. Sorry, Brangelina, you just got taken over as the world's hottest couple. So now with this, you know, starting to gain traction, this is where things start to go downhill and they're like, ooh, wait, this is getting too serious. This is getting too public. People might find out. We need to reel it back. So this is what I saw on Tumblr. This is one of those things that I'm not really sure if I believe personally, but I'll just read it in context. As mentioned previously, one of my sources knows people associated with the Glee cast, so before we get into the songs, I want to preface this that I've received word that, from that source, and another reliable source, that Diana proposed to Taylor in early 2013, most likely a last-ditch effort. Taylor had to be realistic about it, so she obviously couldn't say yes. They were in a very on-and-off-again relationship, and their relationship appeared to be an unhealthy one in some aspects. Keep in mind all of this as I discuss songs that are about Diana off of Red in 1989. Taylor makes a lot of marriage references on the two albums, and this information makes a lot of things clearer. Again, not sure if I believe it, but it's just a tidbit to keep in the back of your mind. That sounds so odd. It seems very odd, yes. But again, back of your mind, don't really 
you know, take it with too much, take it with a grain of salt. So songs about Diana on Red, everything has changed. And one of the first releases of Red, Taylor's secret message for the song was Hyannis Port, which is, you know, spelled H-Y-A-N-N-I-S, was the actual name of the place. However, the way that she spelt it in the, you know, the secret message was H-Y-I-A-N-N-I-S, which is the same way that Diana spells her name, I-A-N-N-A. Dude, this is like, you know that like in the 90s when they had the commercial for the claw to get things out of reach that you couldn't reach for? You're using the claw to reach. Hold on. That. So there's that. And a lot of people think the song is about Connor Kennedy, who she dated at the time, because Hyannis Port is where they met. But they didn't have their first date until July 25th. And Ed and Taylor recorded the song on May 28th. So how is she writing a song about a guy it's she just never the part met? where we go, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Edit that sound effect in. But that's, it's impossible to write a song about a guy that you don't know. I disagree. She wrote a song apparently Actually, no, about I, I, Connor Kennedy. That it's, it's 100% impossible. But, uh, it's possible she could have written the song influenced by someone else that isn't him. Mm -hmm. Sure. But keep in mind the clue the spelling, the, the fact that she the, didn't know Connor the Kennedy. The spelling seems like such a reach. They reference green eyes in the song. She references green eyes in every song. Sorry. Diana has these green hazel eyes. Just she references an eyed lie. Yeah. She has green and eyes. also, Hyannis Port is where Taylor and Diana vacationed one year in the 4th of July of 2012. So, double meaning. Also, Hyannis Port. Put it out there. Um... Yeah. One of the lyrics that I just kind of pointed out, let me know that it's not all in my mind, these feelings that they're having. Okay. So, the next one, Holy Ground. The song is gender neutral. This is going to blow your mind. Oh, so, the lyrics, I left a note on the door with the joke we made. Throwback to this Halloween party where Taylor Swift wrote on Diana's door this little note right here, and it says, I'm a little kitten and I need to nurse because I'm a runt and I'm likely to fall victim to predators. Some weird joke that what? isn't... What? It's not really a joke, but that's what she wrote. But Taylor what? Swift... What? Where did we get the... What? That's what she wrote here. That's and, so yeah. weird. And then Taylor Swift dressed up as a cat for her Halloween party. So I left a note on the door with the joke we made. How does that line up? That's all. I'll give you that. That is, that is mm -hmm. weird. Also, is that normal? To write a note on the door with a joke? What? Well, there's a lot of jokes on that door already, so she, like, wrote another one on there. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. That is a good point. Next one. 22. So you know the song 22. It's about, you know, friendship and no, being... I've never heard of it. And being 22, you know, as Taylor Swift fans, we know the song. In the secret message, there's, like, five different uh, friends that she lists out, one of them being Diana. And if you look at the original lyrics, that this is her notebook. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you see what she changed it to. Beforehand, it says, Sometimes it hits me we're moving quickly towards something hazy, a future I can't see. Let's break the old rules while we're still 22. You look like bad news. I gotta have you. But look like bad, that's from I Knew You Were Trouble, right? You, no, I mean, you look like bad news. I gotta have you is one of the lyrics that ends up going into the song. I don't know why I thought that was a New Year Trouble. It yeah. sounds like New Year But trouble. if you ignore the video and all like the woo, ha, 22, if you listen to the lyrics and then we won't be sleeping and I gotta have you, the meaning of the song completely changes. I don't like that because that song, to me, I like that as a, as, a, as a nice reprieve from a romantic song. Like that's just a nice party anthem. Not, but, nothing with romance. But initially, she meant it to be something with a romance and then when Diana was asked if the song was about her, she was like, oh, I can't say. Interesting. Next song. Come Back Be Here. 
So Taylor wrote the song over the course of a few days with the same person she wrote Treacherous with, which is also a song we're going to touch on next. So Taylor talks about New York and London in the song, and while she was writing it, Diana was going to the Met Gala in New York, which Taylor didn't go to that year, and then a day later, Diana went to London with Naya Rivera. So, you know, guess you're in London today, New York be here, but you're in London, and I break down. It's also a gender-neutral song. I don't like this. Mm, we're starting to convince Joe. Okay, next song, Treacherous. Now, this one doesn't have exact, like, references to Diana Agron, but the song itself is very gay, and you cannot deny it's, that. It's interesting, because this is one of the songs I remember when I was in college and it came out. I, I remember reading some kind of newspaper article uh, about the fact that this song is the most scandalous song mm -hmm. that she has put out. And think about it. Think about a romantic love that you can't have. Put your lips close to mine as long as, as they, they don't, don't touch. touch. Yeah. It's about a forbidden love, you know. This slope is treacherous. This path is reckless. I like it. Nothing safe is worth the drive, and I'll follow you home. I don't, I don't like including that lyric in this. Well, it's also gender neutral. It is gender neutral. But the fact that, like, this... This love that you can't requite, or what's the word? You can't give back in person and it's secret and, you know, it's treacherous, but I like it. Mm -hmm. I'm smug. Okay. I'm going to fight you on this one. Next song, Stay, Stay, Stay. This is the only, I only included it because of that little tidbit in the back of our minds about marriage. The fact that she says, oh, you know, uh, it's been occurring to me that I'd like to hang out with you for my whole life. And it also fits the nature of their alleged you know, on and off relationship. I, I, to me, this song doesn't feel gender, gender neutral. It is gender neutral. I, I, it doesn't feel it because of a marriage, but is that It's not even that. No, no, no. It's not because <laughs> of that. It's, for some reason, and this is probably, this is a weird thing for me to, to harp on or think of, but the, the line, uh, you come in wearing a football helmet, to mm. me... Okay. I, not to say that women can't wear a football helmet, but or that women don't have them. But to me, that signifies... Uh, well, I think this man. is an important an important point. So before we get into later stuff, which is, you know, when we talk about, like, all the beards and stuff and her writing her songs, you have to keep in mind, if people are starting to think that, hey, she might be dating a girl, do you not think that she would start to plant other information yeah, in her songs? Yeah, sure. Yeah. But why would she do it on the same album? No uh, idea. So we are going to be still touching about Diana Agron um, on 1989, I Wish You Would. So now we've come off of Red, we're going on to 1989. So Taylor Swift's last public interaction with Diana was at the Fun Concert in September 2013, as stated earlier, and I Wish You Would was written October 2013. So the song is assumed to be about Harry Styles because it references an ex driving past her house. Harry did buy a house in LA in March of 2014, right around the time Taylor was making her move to NYC. However, Diana bought a house in LA near Taylor's in July of 2013. And the fact I'm just going to say this. The gayest line, we're a crooked love in a straight-lined gown. Explain that. A crooked love? A not straight? Straight-lined gown? All Heteronormative right. society? Anyone? Right. Anyone? All right, that's a good one. That's and a good so point. a lot of the things is, uh, or a good point to mention, is that a lot of the lyrics in the song, is, it's 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. in my room, in your car, 2 a.m. here we are. It's a lot of 2 a.m. references, and why is that so important? Well, Diana Agron would film Glee, and she would get out really late, and that's when they would hang out. I'm going to argue against this one. Okay. Because of the research that I've been doing for future episodes, okay. uh, 2 a.m. is the most stated time that she uses in all of her songs. Uh, she uses it in uh, close uh, 158 in Last Kiss, mm -hmm. but she uses 2 a.m. a lot through uh, Fearless and Speak Now. 
And uh, and self-titled. The 2 a.m., I think, at least in those... I, I don't have the exact numbers. Well, at numbers. least for speak... She is, at least uses it close to four or five times. Uh, the only other time she's ever used is 4 a.m., mm-hmm. um, which was in red. Okay. 4 a.m., a separate day, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, but most of the time, she, when she references a time at night, it's 2 a.m. So I'm going to refute that that has no meaning here whatsoever. I think it's just she likes using that time and she likes the cadence and lyrics that that, that time allows her. Right, right. I'm sorry. I just have to. I have no, to. I have to butt in a little bit you're with good. some refu- refutations. So now we're on clean, and so like I mentioned earlier, um, I think Taylor and Diana broke up like April 2013. According to Imogen Heap, who recorded the song "Clean" with Taylor in February of 2014, Taylor only had one verse and the chorus written when she got there. So the rest of the song was written during that session, which means the 10 months sober line was written 10 months after their breakup. They did see each other at the fun concert, but Taylor also says in the song, months and months of back and forth, meaning they were very on and off. But also the thing that you cannot refute, this is the imagery that she used for clean. This is when they hung out one time with a couple of their friends. Do you see the, the I mean, yeah, there's, cl- there's a clear similarity there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I'm good now we that. go on to the, I think the last, no, there's one more. So the next song is Wonderland, Ugh. and this is inequivocally about Diana Agron, and I'm going to explain like why. So the number of references to Diana in the song is crazy. Cheshire's Cat Smile and We Found Wonderland are references to Alice in Wonderland, which Diana is a giant fan of. You can see it when she posts about it. She's posted about it. I don't have the references here, but she's posted about it. She loves... God, everyone loves that. <laughs> we Fell Down the Rabbit Hole. That was Tumblr's, or Diana's Tumblr URL, was literally at We Fell Down the Rabbit Hole. Alright, that's damn that's damn Curious Minds, Two in Love to Think Straight to Think Straight, everyone. Um, you search the world to uh for something to make you feel like what we had. So Diana went traveling after their breakup with uh this guy Derek Blasberg, which the things this man must know. Crazy. Uh and in the end in Wonderland we both went mad. Diana has a we're all mad here tattoo. I will say twenty fourteen. That's about this. It was probably 20, 2012 to 2013 is when she was yeah. writing this song. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone loved it. I, everyone, I feel like every yes, every girl but, I grew up with loved Yes, but if you know that this girl has literally her Tumblr at and the tattoo. The tum- I will give you that. The Tumblr is insane. And Taylor's a big Tumblr girl. Um, Taylor's a big Tumblr girl. So the fact that it's on the deluxe album too kind of, you know, pushes it down to not get as much attention from other people just because of how obvious Even the song is. Even though it was is. one of the best songs on the It on was, the but... like we're Better gonna, than New Romantics. But we're going to talk about it. It wasn't one of their most streamed songs. So, she did it purposely. She did it, yeah. She had a reason. Now, this is an interesting one. I Know Places. If you saw the tour, she literally just comes out of all these different doors coming out of the closet. Literally, the entire song is just her coming out of doors. So, a lot of people think the song's about Harry, um, but I don't really think calling the paparazzi to come take pictures of you constitutes as hiding or trying to keep a relationship private or safe. It also doesn't really make sense to be about Carly, but it kind of fits now. Um, Diana was sneaking out of back doors and sneaking into her place late at night. Uh, It's about a closeted relationship. She literally walked out of closets, and it mentions green eyes. Diana has hazel green eyes, like I said. Harry does as well, but I really don't think it's about Harry. I, again, I will point to the fact that she uses the 
She references only two colors of eyes in all of her songs. She okay. references green and blue. But you can't discount everything else. I can't you. discount everything yes. else, but I will like again. I'm just trying to look at it objectively. Yeah. Uh, when you point out a fact that is like the two a.m. thing, yeah. she only ever references. She references green eyes and I fly. She references green eyes and sparks fly. Mm -hmm. Like she references green eyes almost all the time, unless she's talking about blue eyes. Yes. Um, and then what was the other thing you said? Um, that they're sneaking out of back doors. Sneaking out of back doors. She references that with everything else, too. Like, like she comes to reference that in Lover mm -hmm. with uh, Cruel Summer. Yep. Like, she references sneaking around. Oh, we're going to get to that. <laughs> she we're going to get to that later. She references sneaking around with when it comes to love in a lot of different ways. Um, so, I don't know. I, I think there are a lot of credible points you're making. I think th I'm going to point out that those two are the least credible uh, of the points that you are making. Okay. No, a hot take. We're going to talk about style and how that might be about Diana Agron. Oh, now, you might be saying God. to yourself, this song is about Harry Styles. It is aggressively obviously, not gender neutral. Obviously. But is it? So we know Diana had a very on and off relationship with Taylor. And apparently they got word that when they were off, they would see or hook up with other people. Style is about an on and off relationship. And Taylor writes, oh, you know, I heard that you've been out and about with some other girl. What I've heard is true, but I can't stop thinking about you. And I said, I've been there too a few times. T Taylor and Harry were never on and off. Their whole relationship was like only a month and he ended it early and that was that. And they, you know, Taylor also references driving late at night in the song, which you're going to refute is, oh, she also, he always references. All the time. Red, but, All Too Well. Uh, what was the one? Uh, Headlights, uh, Death by a Thousand Cuts. So that's that's it for Diana's songs. Now we're going to go into her second beard, which is Connor Kennedy. Taylor gets a beard. The Kennedys get another real estate uh, deal. It's good. simple math. That's so good. September 16th, Taylor's pap uh, papra, or papped. <laughs> it's just an interesting book. She was seen to be, uh, with the last time with Connor Kennedy, they broke up apparently in like October. And then the next one is Harry Styles. Beard number three. Oh, that was that was it for that one. That was it for Connor. Kennedy. Okay, that's right. just he's he was honestly he's one of the most forgettable people exactly. she's ever dated. Look at this picture of them. Why is Diana with them? Interesting. So April sixteenth, Harry confirmed that he and Taylor exchanged numbers that they're just friends. September sixth, pop star reported that Harry and his bandmates watched Taylor's final MTV Music Video Awards rehearsal. Uh, they all ate together afterwards, and then Harry and Taylor both took photos with their fans. Good photo ops. November seventh. Taylor wears this paper airplane necklace that seems to match Harry's, but there are different, you know, hers is a little bit wider. Um, it's interesting that she wore it because it comes up later in a music video purposefully. Who knows? I like how you're quick to point out there's like a really subtle difference here. <laughs> so that means that they're not in a relationship. But then you point out these other things that are like subtle. There's a really subtle similarity and that means they are in a relationship. Sorry, I'm poking holes in your logic yes. and that's what I'm here for. Well, December 2nd, uh, they're photographed together at the zoo in Central Park. That night they had dinner with their mutual friend Ann Sheeran and Harry's mom and stepdad. <laughs> Such a weird combination of people. It is. What? It's reported to be their second date. So in December, <laughs> December with a chaperone, with a, with parental chaperones and a random third party chaperone. <laughs> yes. Oh, we're gonna talk about chaperones later. Okay. So, um, I knew you were trouble. People think it's about Harry, obviously, because um, she's seen leaving. You know, after they broke up on their vacation, and she tweeted like immediately afterwards, "Till you put me down," to tie the two events together. Now we're gonna go into my favorite, Carly Kloss. Look at them. Before I even get into evidence, look at them. Look at them. 
This looks like every post that I've ever seen. Why do they girl. look like they're at a wedding for their Vogue photo shoot? I mean, I to be fair, I haven't seen many Vogue photo shoots. Um, but this looks like every MySpace page of girl best friends in high school that I've ever seen. So... Carl- this picture, I've seen this a thousand well, yeah. times. I've seen girls holding hands all the time. So, because I wanted to keep this shorter, if you look on the Kaler evidence, you know, she there's like... Five or not five. There's you like, look like it's an FBI. Friend. There's three different master posts just detailing all of their like outings together and the fact that they always hold hands and they're always touching each other and looking at each other like with love in their eyes and all this stuff. But anyways, so before we get into it, I'm gonna go to my other PowerPoint because I have two. This is a uh, this is about reputation, but two there's, PowerPoints. But there's a good explanation about why um i can't get boxes. over that picture i can't get over that picture so oh where is it okay so who is carly claus so according to taylor swift these are words from her mouth she is a victoria's secret angel lady she has shiny abs she's <laughs> actual sunshine and she's her favorite person to dance with so um other facts about carly claus she's amazing she made it this she made this code program called code with Clossy. Uh, a program to teach young women how to code. What? That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Uh, she is a mega successful, hot fashion model. She was scouted at 14 years old, which is crazy. Uh, Taylor didn't make her famous, despite what some people may say. Um, they drove to Big Sur, which is this really cute, romantic, like, vacation spot. That's... And Taylor Swift played 1989 to her first before she, before anyone else heard it. Which is just, it's interesting. Just a little point. Um, Taylor almost moved to London, but then Carly convinced her to move to New York City, and that's uh, in their BFF best best friend video. There's like a whole video about it, but I didn't want to show it here. If you want to look it up afterwards, you can. But basically, they're like they're prompted to talk into like look at each other in the eyes and talk, and the first person who stops talking um, is out. But you know, Taylor mentions like, oh, you know, I almost moved to, or no, Carly mentions, oh, you know, Taylor almost moved to. London, but I convinced her not to. I convinced her to stay, which is like, oh, interesting. Um, and she also is now married to Do- uh, Josh Kushner, but they were dating at the time of this PowerPoint. Allegedly. Allegedly. Okay. Come on. Come on. There we go. Okay. So, a brief overview. So, uh, Carly and Taylor officially met at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show in November of 2013. They took a, pl- a totally platonic trip to Big Sur in March 2014, which result in, resulted in very, you know, not gay photos like the one seen there. Like the one of her hugging in the background and then the one of her, you know, kissing her cheek. You know, straight things. Um, I've seen these photos. The pair the was inseparable leading up into the 1989 era. They were constantly gallivanting around New York and platonically holding hands. According to Rolling Stone, Carly has her own bedroom in Taylor's apartment that Taylor keeps stocked with her favorite snacks. Doesn't matter that Carly has her own apartment right down the street. She needs her own room at her best friend's house. How convenient. What I'm hearing from this, Devin, is that you just don't have best friends. And I'm really sorry about that. All right. Uh, Public interaction between the two died down when they were caught dancing very closely at a 1975 concert in December of 2014. We're going to talk about that later. As far as we know, they remain close friends to this day. So they weren't a part of that schism? What do you mean? But wasn't there like a big, like, shake up with the squad? Mm. 
they she was in her squad for a while and then they had like a falling out which may have not been a falling out so may have been a breakup exactly thank you joe um so look at them they're like holding hands they're all lovey so again i've seen all of this on my on women's myspace pages mm-hmm. okay so now we're gonna get into reputation in a bit but beforehand we're gonna jump back to my other powerpoint so 1989 <laughs> these songs could potentially be about carly so you are in love taylor claims that the song is about jack du- uh jack dunham <laughs> jack antonoff and lena dunham and Jack had no clue about it until October, and certain lyrics didn't stick out to him. You would think that if the song was written about you, he would be able to like pinpoint lyrics like, oh, I get it, but he couldn't. However, quite a few of the lyrics can be tied back to things Carly and Taylor have done, or just tie back to things in general. The light reflects the chain on your neck. Carly has a gold neck f- necklace with a K on it, and she gave Taylor one that has a T on it. You can feel it on the way home, which was, um, Taylor posted a picture of um, them at Big Sur, and you could feel it on the way home. She captioned it with her and Carly. Um, one night he wakes, strange look on his face, pauses, then says, you're my best friend. I know they use the he pronoun, but Carly and Taylor have both proclaimed very publicly that they're each other's best friends. You two are dancing in a snow globe round and round. Um, when they were dancing on the runway at the Victoria's Secret fashion show during I Knew You Were Trouble, it looked like an actual snow globe. I think those are stretches. Okay. Personally other ones won't be so now the second song in 1989 wildest dreams again using key pronouns but he said let's get out of this town drive out of the city away from the crowds it reminds me of them getting out of town going to big sur that's a good point he's so tall and handsome as hell carly is very tall (laughs) and very handsome uh i said no one has to know what we do his hands are in my hair his clothes are in my room the whole no one has to know what we do line kind of gives me like closeted gay vibes clothes are in my room well one closet two she um, has a room she has a room Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good point uh another song or another reason why i think the song's about carly is the message being sent like after taylor and diana ended it makes sense why taylor would be nervous or scared of her relationship with carly that it was going to end the same way it did with diana it seems like she kind of forms this pessimistic but sensible view on how she thinks a relationship is going to go okay now we're back to reputation so this thing is very interesting so if you go to the reputation secret sessions taylor makes it a huge point to tell her fans like you know oh, this whole album is about my angel boyfriend of the year, no one else, when in every other album prior, she makes it a giant point to not specify who songs are about, specifically with Dear John and Style, who are very, like, it's clear who those songs could be about. But she's They like, reference their names in the song. Yeah, but she's like, oh, this album's about Joe, or not Joe, she, she doesn't say who it is at the time, but she's like, you know, this is about my angel boyfriend of the year, nobody else, and if anybody tells you that it's not about him, you can go after them and fight them on it. She, she literally, she tells her fans to, like, combat anybody who says differently. Really? Which is very interesting. That. And then, during the secret session... Yo, that's sus as crap. One of her that's fans, really one of her fans posted that during the secret session. She had her laptop, ac- she accidentally showed the screen to her fans, and she's like, oh, you weren't supposed to see that. And it's her and Joe. Like, because it wasn't confirmed that those two were dating, because no one knew who Joe was at the time. But they were like, oh, you know oh, you weren't supposed to see that. And the fan was like, that's interesting that you posted that. Did that happen to anybody else in another secret session? And every single one, they were like, oh yeah, she accidentally showed the laptop of her and Joe. Like, yeah, oh no. So that fans were like, oh my God, this is definitely about Joe, her boyfriend, we love him so much, X, Y, Z. 
See, I don't it like, seems sus. I don't like that because I, I do genuinely believe, like, I can point to a lot of songs on Lover and Reputation that seem so much about Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's see. Okay, so this is a little bit of a timeline. So May 2016, Joe and Taylor apparently meet at the Met Gala. Taylor's dating Car uh, Calvin Harris at the time, but apparently she's so taken aback by Joe that she dumps Calvin and she immediately starts dating Tom Hiddleston for two months. And you have to admit this. Tom Hiddleston... Oh, Tom Hiddleston was 100% That whole relationship was a publicity stunt. 100%. You I know, agree with that. They're gallivanting. They're meeting each other's well, parents. To, He's wearing an I Heart Taylor artiste Tom, t Tom Hiddleston was her getaway car. That's what that song is about. We'll see. Am I going to get any pushback on that? I talk about it at some point. Okay. Um, so July 2016, international, or not international, it's National Snake Day where she goes into hiding. Uh, September 2016... Hiddle Swift uh, publicly splits. Taylor starts dating Joe at the end of September. The relationship goes public May 2017. March 2017, uh, they start planning the Reputation tour, meaning that the album was at least close to being finished. And then Reputation re was released, and everything was spilled at that point. There will be no straight explanation, only Reputation out now. Jesus. I love that. Okay, so in this Reputation dialogue... Um, she has this whole like one page essay where she basically drags everyone. Um, she says, you know, gossip blogs will scour, scour the lyrics uh, for men that they can attribute to each song. Slideshows backing up each incorrect theory. Like how could they be so sure that each theory would be incorrect? We think we know somebody, but the truth is we only know the version of them that they have chosen to show us. She's really out here telling everybody that they don't know her on an album largely centered around the themes of secrecy and hidden love. It's interesting. Okay, so ready for it. We're welcomed into the world of reputation with an anthem of secrecy, crime, passion, which we'll revisit throughout the album. First things first, let's distinguish between the two subjects of the song. The third person him in the verses and then the you in the chorus. Let's say the him refers to public boyfriends while the you refers to Carly. The him is the jailer, the thief, the killer, the ghost, the burden to this tailor, which was not a healthy relationship. While <laughs> no. the you gets the declaration of passion and love. Some boys are trying too hard. He don't try at all, though. She's not interested in any boys, so it doesn't matter that the beer doesn't try at all, which we'll see with Calvin later on. Touch me and you'll never be alone. Her public boyfriend will be hounded by paparazzi and gain exposure. The entire course, she's pining for this love that she can't have now, but she knows they'll be together in the long run, you know, so I'll take my time. I know I'm going to be with you, so I'll take my time. And no one has to know. No one has to know. Interesting. So the music video, uh, it's the first romantic song on the album, so it was a surprise when the music video about Island Breezes ended up with this live-action anime, basically, in this yeah, music video. So none of the Reputation music videos have like a heterosexual love interest, which is very interesting. Uh, there's been plenty of discourse surrounding the meaning of the two tailors in the video. You know, you have this dark, black-hooded one that's her fake media persona, which the, two, the true tailor, which is, you know, the one on the white horse, is trapped. And fake Taylor is keeping real Taylor in her glass box, which represents how Taylor feels constrained by her public images. The two personas volley for power until finally the real Taylor is able to break through the box with her voice. Then we go to Endgame. So the big reputation hook. Joe doesn't have a big reputation, especially before he started dating Taylor. But you know who does have a big reputation? Carly Kloss. I didn't know who Carly Kloss was before Taylor. A big fashion industry maven. It's because you don't know anything about fashion. That's true. That's very true. 
We're wearing the same shirt. So, <laughs> exactly. We love Paramore. We love Haley Williams. Anyways, you and me would be a big conversation. White girl with a white dude. That's a good point. Both unmarried. What's the big deal about it? Maybe if Taylor started dating Leonardo DiCaprio or Justin Bieber, that'd be a bigger conversation. I don't know. I, I feel like every every relationship Taylor's in is a big conversation. Yeah, but apparently with not apparently, but I would I would agree. Her and Carly Close would be a bigger conversation. America's sweetheart who started in country music. If she was dating a woman, that'd be a big conversation. Yeah, that'd be a big conversation, yeah. And the song is about a forever relationship, about a person she's been dating for a few months at best. You know, Taylor has a reputation for falling fast, but she's a grown adult. Like, you know, the fact that she's talking about this forever love and it literally her and Joe started dating a couple months before. She always talks about forever love, though. Yeah. Every time. And then uh, it's like your body is gold is a potential reference to the golden tattoo and dress, but we'll get to that later. Um, and then literally, this is a good example. So Carly liked a photo of Taylor's on Instagram and it literally made L dot com like they literally wrote an entire article about carly claus liking a post that would be a big conversation the fact that literally just that uh, made an article so then you get to the end game music video so the song is about finding the one so naturally we were expecting this love interest when the video came out there was no clear sign of a romantic interest at all the only men she interacts with are ed and future but subtle signs may point to a female love interest for example this girl in dark jeans um and nike's is seating next to Taylor. Um, the girl is featured prominently throughout the video. She's literally wearing a rainbow dress and kissing girls on the cheek on looks what looks like to be a New Year's Eve party. Um, someone else talked about this, but I can't find the post. Uh, but Taylor not wearing red lipstick in the Endgame music video while singing Here's the Truth for My Red Lips is probably to indicate that she's withholding the truth or not sharing every single detail about her life, which suits the reputation theme. True. I don't think that immediately goes to mm -hmm. So I did something bad. It's not about Carly, but it's about Taylor's general distaste and use of men for her personal gain. I think it's also meant to be satire like many of the songs. I never trust a playboy, but they love me. It's pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I play them like a violin and I make it look old so, oh so easy. Older guys are just playthings for her to use. I fly them all around the world and I let them think they saved me. Taylor and Tom very publicly going around the world together and you know they gained a lot of attention and mockery from the media uh if a man talks blank then i know him nothing this could be in response to many situations you know kim Ye, calvin harris's temper tantrum and you know all of this stuff yeah yeah this isn't about carly i didn't say anything about that's that. true no you're right okay so then don't blame me the line i would fall from grace just to touch your face um Trip of My Life, a big Sir reference potentially. Uh, Halo, Hiding My Obsession. They met at the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show when Carly was a literal angel. Uh, I was once Poison Ivy, but now I'm your Daisy. So Carly literally Instagrammed this picture with the caption, Best Road Trip Ever, and Taylor tagged Taylor Swift as the Daisy. And Taylor sketched this very similar Daisy in the Reputation booklet. Uh-huh. Bonus, Carly was wearing this Daisy in her hair in a bunch of pictures over several days. Uh, here's it where uh, here she is wearing it while declaring her love for Taylor. Um, my name is whatever you decide. I'll give it to you, man. This sounds like a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy theory. Exactly. But yeah, the fact that she was literally tagged as the Daisy. Tagged as the Daisy. Okay. Delicate is gender neutral, so jot that down. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
You must like me for me, not he must like me for me. Okay, so third floor on the west side, me and you. Carly's New York City apartment is on the west side. The master bedroom is on the third floor. I'm not gonna post the master plan here, but it's true. Dark jeans in your Nikes. Carly used to be an ambassador for Nike, or Nike. Uh, oh, damn, never seen that color blue. Carly's eyes can appear green or blue. Uh, Taylor's been wearing a lot of rainbows this era. She wears a rainbow dress for the rep tour performance of Delicate. It's true that the gays don't own the rainbow, <laughs> but it's also impossible to be living in the year of Lord 2018 and not understand the gay connotations of a rainbow. Especially uh, Taylor Swift, who's very aware of her public perception. I don't know. We'll probably talk about this more when we do the breakdown of Delicate in, in early 2021, <laughs> but I, I, I still think that song is clearly about being friends with benefits with Joe. I, that, that one is like that's a song that i'm very like feel like i think i have the meaning of it down. so here's the thing sometimes when i look into your eyes i pretend you're mine all the damn time um i've always asked myself for the explanation that the fans have for it because to me that screams uh Kayler. i once read that it's so cute because when he goes to work she has to share him with the world and like oh that's not healthy she's trying to sell a healthy relationship but that's a lie when he's away he's still taylor says boyfriend for me that sounds like a person that has to go to on dates with someone else that hires paparazzi to, you know, shoot them kissing, uh, that goes to New Year's Eve dates with a bunch of friends, um, that kind of stuff. Okay. Coming out is what delicate, what's delicate. I like this explanation a lot. Maybe the delicate part she's talking about isn't the newness of the relationship. Maybe saying how she feels and being together and moving too fast with the person isn't what's happening too soon. Maybe what's delicate, what it might be too soon for is coming out to the world. Is it too soon to do this yet? Cause I know that it's delicate. Maybe she's going to giving delicate so much attention because her coming out to the public has been a very delicate process for her, and now she's slowly revealing this to everyone. We're gonna have a big fun argument about I this know. when we do the breakdown of that song. Okay, so then the delicate music video. So everyone was anticipating this to be like a soft, wholesome, heterosexual music video, but instead we got a video where Taylor is literally invisible, being her best self. Ooh, that was a good music video. Away from the public eye and has an off-screen, ungendered love interest. Seriously, why didn't it show the love interest? They could have hired, you know, anyone to stand in the corner and smirk, but she kept it ambiguous on purpose. The ending is the most bisexual thing I've ever seen. It's the first time, you know, you see bo both guys and girls, you know. She's smiling to these people at the bar, and some claim that she's smiling to the man behind the bar, but she actually looks in the opposite direction, perhaps toward this mysterious blonde figure that kind of looks like Carly Claus. And then some have speculated that the Golden Gopher, the bar, the music video is a gay bar, but there's not enough evidence for that. But and I like the idea that when she was creating this music video, she said, can we hire someone who looks vaguely like Carly Close? Mm -hmm. She went to, what was it, Joseph Kahn? And was like, can we do this? I don't know, because I think like if, if she did, mm -hmm. if that was the case, I feel like it would have already come out then. Like there's no way that that many people who's involved in a music video can come up with that and it not be a big thing coming out anyway uh so it goes is also a lyric in 1989 to are in love which is another song widely speculated to be about carly gold cage hostage to my feelings the closet can feel like a cage and taylor feels trapped by her public persona you make everyone disappear we break down a little but when you get me alone it's so simple being unable to be together in public puts a strain on the relationship but it makes sense when they're alone wear you like a necklace um you know, the, the K and the T matching pendants. Get caught up in a moment, lipstick on your face. I like this lyric in particular because we don't know if Taylor's referencing the lipstick on her face or her lover's face. That's a good point. And there's also this picture of her wiping off something on her face that looks like a red mark, which could be lipstick. Could be. Okay, gorgeous. 
First things first, the song is a bop and a half, and if you don't like it, you're allergic to fun. That's what the author said. That being said, let's start with the title, Gorgeous. A traditionally feminine adjective, even the lyric video is hot pink. I get it, gender social, social construct, words can't be gendered, I feel you. Let's move on. If the song is about Joe, why was it written after they met um, at the Met Gala and several weeks before they started dating? Refer to making of a song screenshot in the next slide. I'm not even going to mention that she has an all-female group of dancers during the song on tour because that has nothing to do with the album. So... He's in the club doing I don't know what, and I haven't seen him in a couple of months, which are the original lyrics, are both telling she's out of touch with her public boyfriend. I think that's about Calvin Harris, though. Her public boyfriend. Yeah, her Calvin Harris. Boyfriend. Yeah, you're right. You should think about the consequence of you touching my hand in a darkened room. Tom Hiddleston. You know, secret moments in a crowded room. If you've got a girlfriend, I'm jealous of her, but if you're single, it's honestly worth... If her crush is single, Taylor won't know if she's into girls. Like, if you have a girlfriend, I'm jealous, but if you're single, it's worse because I can't tell if you're into girls or not. I think it's... I interpret that in a very different way. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I hate more than what I can't have. In what world can Taylor, hottest girl in the world, Swift, not have any man she wants? I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I've... You're so cool. I hate you. Uh, you're so cool. It makes me hate you so much. You're so gorgeous. It makes me so mad. I'm so furious. <laughs> this is literally just her being a baby about hating girls that she thought were too pretty because she couldn't be attracted to them. And then the original lyrics were, I'm so curious, what's it like making me feel this way? Curious? <laughs> this is the arrow pointing to gay exclamation point. <laughs> okay, so then getaway car. Uh, this song can be taken as a metaphor for bearding. Let's distinguish between the you and the he in the song. The he is likely Calvin Harris. Sometime into the relationship, Calvin poisoned the well by getting papped at a happy ending massage parlor and generally looking miserable when they were together. Taylor was about to release an album full of love songs and she needed a male figure to fill the role of her muse. Her whirlwind globetrotting relationship with Tom was her getaway car. So you were right. The ties are... Oh. The ties are black, the lies are white. A reminder that Taylor is not immune to bending the truth from time to time. But you didn't see it and I didn't mean it. Of course she wasn't into it. She was in love with someone else. A circus ain't a love story. The media circus surrounding her public straight relationships does not constitute a real romantic relationship. She's telling you it's all fake and that the three of them were a sideshow. Okay, dancing with their hands tied. This is really important to know what Kissgate is. So Kissgate is this big conspiracy at the 1975 concert. Um... So basically, Taylor, Carly, Lily Aldridge, and a few other pals head to the 1975 concert in New York City. There's rumors going around that Taylor was uh, romantically linked to Matt Healy, who was the 1975's lead singer. It's a good PR deal. You know, they're wearing each other's merch leading up to the show. The 1975 gets exposure in America. Taylor gets a bad boy to spice up her good girl image. So the girls head over to the concert. Everything's fine, except the fact that they are drunk. I suddenly understand why Rep has all these alcohol references. They are wasted. So exhibit B. So Taylor and Carly are dancing and hanging all over each other. This picture might do you well, or not do it justice, because you can't really see it, but th they are all over each other. They're like grabbing each other's faces and stroking each other's cheeks. And there's this picture on top that they're very close and it looks like she's holding her head. And a lot of people think that that was them kissing each other. Um, so people are, and this isn't a paparazzi image. This is like fans taking mm -hmm. images of them. So uh, by the time Lily and Carly looked pissed, maybe they have sobered up and figured out the grainy videos of Taylor playing koala bear were going viral. So dancing with our hands tied, 
the tabloids run wild with the scandal. You know, this is when like People magazine's like, oh, shocking romance between Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. Um, you know, Taylor Swift, America's sweetheart, not her. Um, and then she, Taylor Swift like tweets this snarky denial, like as my 25th birthday present from the media, I'd like you to stop accusing my friends of dating me, hashtag thirsty. And then likes this post on Tumblr car calling Kayla shippers freaks. Um, so you see her just like hungover. You, you would assume like an overcorrection. Exactly. You assume like, you know, if she likes something on Tumblr, a lot of people take that as like gold and they're like, oh, well, if she calls Kayla fans freaks, like I can't do that because then I'll never meet her in XYZ. Um, so at first, Dancing With Her Hands Tied might seem like a breakup anthem, but consider this. She's reminiscing with her partner about what she would do over if they had the chance. The song is about Taylor expressing her regrets about the behavior in the aftermath of Kissgate. I loved you in secret, first sight, yeah, we loved without reason. After they met at the Victoria's Secret fashion show, they were attached at the hip. Their friendship escalated very quickly. I loved you in spite of deep fears that the world would divide us. Taylor had anxiety about what would happen if they were found out, like they nearly were at the concert. But we were dancing with our hands tied. To have one's hands tied is to be unable to act freely. They would never act freely how they wanted to in public, but they danced together regardless. I'd kiss you as the lights went out, swing as a room, a room burned down. The lights were literally going down and they were literally swaying at the concert. If I could dance with you again, I'd hold you as the water rushes in. Um, I'd hold you through the media storm. I wouldn't like those nasty posts. I wouldn't push you away. I'd be, I'd be proud of us. So basically it's like, if she could redo it, I wouldn't do this, but yeah. this is what happened. Okay, so Dress. This is the second gayest song on the album, so it's only fitting that it comes after Dancing With Our Hands Tied. Compared to the anxious pr uh, production of Dancing With Our Hands Tied, Dress is calm and quiet. It's the reprieve after the storm. The significance of the golden tattoo. So Carly and Taylor both donned matching gold flash tattoos to Drake's birthday party in 2016. Uh, they also debuted the first of these Polaroids. Several months after Drake's birthday party, Carly posted the section, uh, second Polaroid for her birthday. We still don't know what's on the third pair. <laughs> Polaroid behind, and you know, what are you hiding? It's interesting. Okay. Our secret moments in a crowded room, they have no idea about me and you. There are plenty of sweet moments in crowded rooms, for example, you know, at the VMAs. I don't want you like a best friend. What straight person has to distinguish their feelings like this? It's super gay. Um, you know, the author said, I'm pretty sure I said a variation to the girls I've dated. Everyone thinks they know us, but they know nothing about, you know, and then no one thinks or no one knew anything about Taylor and Joe until they went public in 2017. My hands are shaking from holding back from you. Uh, why would she need to keep her hands off a man? Look at how tense her hands are here. She looks so nervous. Um, and then what does that say? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. And then in the live performance on the Reputation Tour, Taylor dedicates his performance of dress to LGBT activist and pioneer of dance, uh, Louis Fuller, while she's singing the first chorus, a dancer runs up behind her and mimics angel wings with the fabric while the light flashes pink and purple, aka the colors of the bisexual flag. Okay, King of My Heart was written in August 2016. Some experts say yes. This screenshot is from the King of My Heart making of a song. Note the hair and her outfit with these little overalls. Um, Here's a tweet from Carly on her birthday in 2016. When you're halfway around the world and your best friend still finds a way to celebrate 24 with you. Look at that picture. She wrote King of My Heart the same day as, as uh, Carly's birthday. Platonically. So surely there's no way she wrote a song called King of My Heart about a woman. Well, heteronormativity works hard, but I work harder. I made up my mind and better off being alone. Leading up to the 1989 era, Taylor had sworn off publicly dating in an attempt to, you know, shed her serial dater image. Um, 
you try on call me baby like you try on uh, trying on clothes carly's a fashion model change my priorities we mentioned before taylor was going to move to london but carly convinced her to move to new york um all of the boys never took me quite where you do all the boys and their expensive cut uh salute to me like i'm the american dream which are the original lyrics before they met carly often referred to taylor as the american dream and describes herself as a normal american girl your love is the secret i'm hoping dreaming dying to keep it's another element of secrecy oh and then drinking beer out of plastic cups it's literally them at some sports game drinking beer out of plastic cups the oh. only time that ever happened and you moved to me like i'm a motown beat and Carly had, uh, or no, Taylor had captioned this picture, um, hair and makeup like a Motown, Motown dance party. Uh, Taylor explained during secret sessions that King of My Heart is about various stages in a relationship. It seems far fetched then to assume this song was inspired by a relationship that was a few weeks old at the time of writing. And sometimes King is a woman. Um, Color What You Want To. Why did she choose a song title that sounds so much like Carly? She's smart. She knew what it was. Uh, the homonym was unintentional. It was the biggest coincidence of all time. Um, do I really think she sings Carly What You Want on the album? Honestly, I'm not sure because it would be kind of careless. But the second call at slash Carly at 240 makes it seem like she stopped caring. <clears throat> My castle crumbled overnight. They took the crown, but it's all right. It's a Kimia incident. Um, I want to wear his initial around a chain on my neck. Um, but how can you put this up against the the um, uh, the documentary where she's singing it to Joe and mouths I love you? Is is she singing to Joe? Yeah. Does it show Joe? Mm. Yeah, Interesting. Uh, my baby's fit like a daydream again. Carly's a fitness model with skin shiny abs. Loves me like I'm brand new. Implies longevity. If she was in a new relationship, Taylor would be brand new. Uh, I recall late November, Taylor and Carly let, met at the show in November. And then New Year's Day. Uh, I'm just going to skip over this one because I can't read it. And basically, I want to get to the rest of this PowerPoint. So, songs about Carly on Lover. So, I've loved you three summers now, honey, but I want them all. In the song, Taylor references loving someone for three summers, a.k.a. three years. If you believe her beards are legit, then she's implying she's been with Joe for three summers. However, that actually means she's referencing a time when she was on a world pap tour with Tom Hiddleston since the Lover album was completed in February of 2019, meaning she's only been with Joe for two summers. The lyric doesn't make any sense in the context that it's about Joe. It does link back to Carly, though. Uh, I've personally heard for four separate sources that Carly and Taylor became engaged during their trip to Wyoming in late t uh, August of 2016. It's a trip to Wyoming. It's this whole ranch for Carly's birthday. If you do the math, that was three summers ago. Taylor is also releasing the full length of the album right around the date that they suspect they got engaged since they post around august 23rd to 26th every year carly was also listening to lover on repeat for 20 minutes straight at 10 p.m on a saturday night that is a true friend right there you're listening i to was it. too what are you, okay point? this one's very short cruel summer snuck in through the garden gate that's literally her sneaking in through her, yeah, her gate not sneaking in but just a little thing afterglow fighting with the true love is boxing with no gloves you look back at the bad blood video where they're boxing these are just my reaches. Okay. Yeah. Cornelia Street. Jacket around my shoulder is yours. She's literally wearing Carly Kloss's cardigan. And then how the city screams your name. Joe's not from New York. Why would the city scream his name? In London screaming his name. How this city. Yeah, it could be London. Uh, surprise beard, Josh Kushner, uh, which is um, Carly's husband. There's a picture not here, but um, Josh posted this video of these hands doing like the little heart shape. 
and then a day later she like reposted it to make it seem like she was with him but she was actually at lunch with Taylor Swift after her Good Morning America performance when she posted the picture that she was with Josh so people think that they created this distraction so people wouldn't speculate that some of the songs on 1989 were about Carly because she had a boyfriend more like a beard okay beard number three is Calvin Harris I love this picture because you have Joe and Gigi I think that's Gigi and then you have Taylor and Calvin and then Carly's just on the boat why would she third wheel or fifth wheel. fifth wheel these two couples and why does he look so disappointed Calvin Harris okay so in this video that I'm, we're not gonna show Calvin says Taylor is the opposite of his type and that it was only four months before meeting her so it like isn't super old um like oh like you know Taylor Swift like he didn't say Taylor exactly but like he described this person like it's not his type and then four months later all of a sudden they're dating so the only thing that can change someone's type that fast in my opinion is money fame or publicity i don't know the only thing that can change my type that fast is interest in me calvin has also <laughs> said he doesn't like dating famous women so why is he dating one of the most famous ones in the world uh billboard music awards the night of the awards there was an extreme amount of pda the lack of chemistry was very evident to people outside of the fandom when it hugged they seemed like it never they'd never done it before taylor's fists were balled up the next day, we had, you know, a lot of articles saying they saw what was clearly up with them that night, calling the sham for what it is. Audience footage can see that she knows the cameras are on them. They turn up the BDA, and then when they aren't, they don't talk, touch, or even really look at each other. Um, the swan picture of, like, her and him on that swan together. They posted a picture of themselves on the swan floaty. Um, the weather of the background of that picture didn't really match the weather in L.A. that day. And it was pretty chilly and cloudy. A few days prior when Taylor had gone MIA, a pretty big gas fire had, grass fire had occurred, which would explain the haze in the background of the picture. Um, basically, it was a later gram to make it seem like they had spent the day together. Uh, and it was their debut on Instagram as a couple. So then the massage parlor picture. So on September 8th, Calvin was seen at this Thai massage parlor where people go to get their happy ending. These pictures were set up by him and his team in a, an attempt to get out of this stunt and ended up blowing up in their face when the media started reporting on October 12th that he had cheated. Taylor hopped on Tumblr to defend him and Calvin posted on Twitter about how he would sue for defamation of character. Taylor wasn't going to let him get out of this contract that easily. She had to get at least one year or longer and prove to the world that she can keep a man. So she dragged him out to Miami on October 30th where he looked angry the entire time while the audience or while in the audience and then ended up leaving early to catch a flight back to LA 45 minutes before her. Uh, at the Grammys, Calvin was snapping the studio showing everyone that he was working on the biggest night of Taylor's career. If they aren't actually dating, it doesn't make any sense why he wasn't there or at least watching. We found a pattern that Taylor does not stunt and perform uh, important personal events um, like this, uh, her best friend Brittany, he wasn't there either. At the iHeart Music Awards, um, they attended together and he really looked bored. Um, they arrived separately. Tree, their PR manager, kept checking in on them and their hugging was awkward. They didn't even stand up one of the times that she won and he gave her like this little, you know, half sitting down hug. He was on his phone basically the entire time. He looked miserable every time she was around. It's known that he doesn't like award shows, but this was perfectly fine and smiling when he's talking to like, Kelly Osborne and his buddies during the commercial breaks. Um, she thanked him during her speech and his face was, he was just like, okay. He just sounded like a bad boyfriend. Uh, Calvin was also sitting on his phone during her accept acceptance speech. Even E.T. Uh, 
or Entertainment Tonight caught on to the fact that he didn't thank her back. He thanked Diplo instead when he won an award. It was just a messy night. Um, Taylor was really trying. He was not. And then this part. So hashtag copying with a K. So the only thing I will say about Carly is after watching this unfold, Taylor and Calvin copied almost everything Taylor and Carly have done. Other than a Vogue cover in the Knicks basketball game, everything's been copied. They've taken it to the extent of writing TS and AW in the sand on the Bahamas trip, like Carly wrote for her and Taylor Swift's name in the sand during their big Sir road trip. Beard number four, Tom Hiddleston. There's no explanation needed. That man was a beard and a half. Yeah, that would, I, don't, I wouldn't call it beard. But, but he was just this publicity stunt. Relationship. Yeah. So then beard number five is the big question. Is Joe a beard? We don't know. I mean, songs that were written before she met Joe were delicate, gorgeous, king of my heart and dress. And then Jack Antonoff was actually in this radio interview and he kind of almost revealed it. So I'm going to say this is Jack and this is Mark. So Jack goes, there's a better chance if I'm working with a woman that we're going to get along. Mark said, and she's not going to say this dude, you know, gave it to me like you wouldn't believe. And Jack goes, oh, or I just piled through these four guys over the weekend. And Mark goes, oh, you're not going to have that conversation with Taylor Swift? And Jack goes, no, I like women and particularly gay, like, particularly gay women. And he said it in that phrasing. And Mark goes, wait, is she gay? And it kind of like stops. And it's like, you know, why would he mention that he likes women and gay women right after he talks about Taylor Swift? And then he backtracks and goes, no, but I work with like Tegan and Sarah and they're both gay. And Mark's like, oh, okay, I was going to say, like, is it a breaking story here? Did I just tip it? So the last part, um, before we conclude it, you know, Taylor has said that she's straight. I'll believe her. I just am pointing out all these conspiracies that we have, that people have. The fact that she is such an advocate for the LGBT community, she says that she loves that she can be an activist for a community that she doesn't identify with. But then she really says you need to calm down and has the colors of the, the bi flag in her hair and these you know, cookies that she bakes for the secret sessions, which are literally the colors of the bio flag and all this stuff. So she can be whatever she wants to be. I mean, really in conclusion, like she said it herself, you can want who you want, boys and boys and girls and girls. What do you think? I I, I, I think at the end of the day, if she if she wasn't what she says she is a straight, she's at least bi. But but I wouldn't lie, like I I, I feel like every girl I talk to is at least I, I don't know how you can't be. Girls are just really attractive. Like at the end of the day, girls are very attractive. I don't know they how. Are. I don't know how everyone doesn't like them. Yeah. Um, but so all this, like, especially with especially Kylie. being Taylor, so she can get anyone she wants. Like I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't even be surprised if like that's the fact of like God, boys are so boring. Like I want a challenge. I, <laughs> I can get any boy I want. Why would I not want to try for a difficult thing as a girl? To all of our viewers, I would highly recommend you go on Kaylor Evidence, the Tumblr account, and just really look through all this data. There's a lot that I didn't show, but all these pictures and them just. You know, all over each other and, you know, back and forth from New York. Daylight. Anyways. But yeah, that's all that I have. I talked for a while. So thank that you for... That was an interesting one. I really like that. Thank you for sticking to the end. This was a lot of work. I had like 20 tabs she, open at one dude, point. Dude, you did. There were two different slides. Uh, amazing information all of them. I am so impressed. Thank you, thank you. This is my research. I never want to do it again. It's so, <laughs> much, so much work. So are we taking conspiracies out of the intro? We, no. <laughs> this was this is the biggest Taylor of conspiracy. I'll I go agree. I'll go into others, but this one I literally have a headache right now from going <laughs> through all that information. No, but that I mean that was great. Um, if you like what you hear, please let us know. Uh, give us a comment. Uh, follow us on any place you find uh, podcasts. Let, give us a review, five-star review on Apple. Let us know what you think. If you have feedback, 
We'd love to hear it. If you have any other conspiracies you want us to go over, let us know. Definitely. You can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at We Need to Calm Down Podcast, WNTCD Podcast on Twitter. And um, we're also on YouTube, so you can see the fact that we're wearing matching Paramore shirts on YouTube if you're watching. But yeah. Um, yeah, I think right. that's basically it. Uh, yeah. We'll see you next week. Uh, come back. We'll be here.